Hi, it's friend of the show, Jim Conkle. You're listening to the Carbon Line Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. And now to your host, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. All right, Paul. So uh, we got a lot of things going on. As soon as we get done with this thing, we got to pack up our whole recording studio because... Which is the whole reason why we're ahead of the schedule. This yeah, week. yeah. We're going on the road. We haven't said that yet. We've kind of kept it a surprise. We got a lot of things coming your way. So pay attention to the commercial that's in this episode. You're going to hear all of the guests that we're going to have coming for you over the next couple of months on the Carboline Tech Service podcast. Because yes, totally out of character. We're prepared. We're prepared. We have planned and scheduled, made notes, yeah, made no, an agenda. We probably don't want our interviewees to know how much work we've done ahead of time. They might not be so willing anymore. <laughs> Was it, you're saying that was what brought them in was the fact that they knew we were not prepared? Yeah. Oh, the, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, Paul, how can they get a hold of us for show topics? We've actually got some show topics recently. Yeah, we have. Yeah, so you can hit us at technicalservice at carboline.com. That's the best way and the main way to get us. All right. So, and don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Oh, yeah. That's something we, part of our New Year's resolution was to help remind everybody, you know, hit subscribe. That way you get these right away. You'll always be informed. You'll know what's coming. You'll know what happens. Because there's no saying. We may release them off schedule sometimes. Yeah. And, and the other thing that would be extremely helpful is if you could go on to your app that you download or listen to this podcast and give us a rating. Give us a good I rating. Mean, I think I'm five star worthy. I, I am too. Mrs. Walker, maybe not so much. She probably puts me like a two star. But yeah. that's not about podcasts. No, no, no. I, and I would agree. I would agree. And, and I won't even bring up my kids' ratings. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not cool. My yeah. kid's 13. Yours are even older than that. Yeah, so you're I got, definitely I got 16 cool. and 20. So yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, you're the ant- antithesis. I can't say the word. Antithesis. There we go. And Jack makes up words. I do. So anyway, we're here today, and we're gonna, we do have a real topic. Um, Sean Younger, if you remember him, well, you should remember him, because we just re-aired his episode. Yeah, you're going to get tired month. of hearing Sean. But he's back again. So Sean, the last time you were in here, you were a market manager, and we made a big deal about the, uh, the fact that you were a, the last market manager, even gave you a lightsaber, things like that. But now you're... Oh. Sales, marketing, (laughs) tech service. uh, I guess since that time, uh, you know, we've uh, expanded my role a little bit, taking over some sales responsibility for the central region. Still doing all the marketing stuff. Uh, You know, our direct fireproofing team, which is what we call it. We we handle only the commercial fireproofing products. We like to do a lot of our own tech service as well. And uh, whatever we can do for our customers to support them. That's outstanding. So... So really what the gist of it is, is that we brought in somebody who's really a well-versed, well-understood expert in this part of the industry. So when we're, we've got somebody that we want to tap into as a resource and be able to bring that to you guys. Absolutely. Dang. Dang. All right. So Sean, we brought you in today because we thought it'd be good to take a look at some of these intumescent products, but talk about them at the 10,000 foot view and kind of talk about, you know, some solvent based and water based intumescence. There's a lot on the commercial market. There's a lot of confusion. So we thought we kind of start at the basics and work our way down. So let's talk a little bit about Carboline's offering. Uh, what, what makes us different in this area, uh, the commercial market here? Okay. Carboline's main strength 
in fireproofing is that we are the only supplier that has a full range of products. Today, we're talking about the commercial market, which is your your UL-263 or ASTM E119 uh, type fire environment materials. Uh, But we also have a full range of petrochemical products as well. On the commercial side, we are the only manufacturer that has water solvent and epoxy based materials. I know we're talking about primarily about intumescent materials today, but we also have a full line of SFRM materials or spray applied fire resistive materials uh, for low, medium and high density applications, both gypsum and Portland. Yeah, they're still missing that A. The SFRMs. Um, so if, That's a dash. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we if we talked about it here, why why is that important? Because you know I could see if you only had one of those products, you're going to try to fit all fireproofing applications into that one product. So when you sell a hammer, you're everything's sell a nail. nail. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about about that. Yeah, yeah that's that's a great point. And I mean that that's really what it comes down to is we're able to tailor fit a solution for any type of project. So if it's going to be uh, an interior project where, uh, you know, it's it's a conditioned area, we have we have an enclosure, we're not exposed to weather, we would we would be able to go in with either a water or solvent-based material. Just depends on what would be the better product for that specific application. If it's exterior, we're going to go with, with a epoxy-based material, which is a true exterior-rated, rugged, durable material. But if you get these types of buildings that are kind of in between that, where it's an interior application, but it's going to be exposed to environmental conditions for a period of time during construction. That's where these solvent-based materials really come into play and really have a a big advantage. You know, like I said, since we have all types, we're not trying to force fit any particular product. We can just take all of our products and look at what gives the best solution for any particular And, and that's project. really important there because it would be easy to take any one of the products and make them work. Well, easy might not be the right way, but it would possible possible to market one product for all the things. But when we know when you have a project, when you have a specification, when you have a build schedule, there's not a universal answer. So we we want to be able to handle any challenge that you come with us, we, we like to think we have the solution for that. Absolutely. I mean, that's where we come in with these uh, applications for solvent-based materials. We, we kind of have a, a, a better mousetrap, I guess you would say, in that environment where we can come in, we can apply material in situations where with a water-based material you just simply could not do. So let's let's get into that because, you know, we were talking more broadly, but let's let's get into... Solvent versus waterborne, and some advantages and disadvantages of both. And then I'd like to touch a little bit where where this really ends up is in the the application side of things. So that's really where we're going to kind of focus and and pay attention. And we'll summarize at the end. But you'll kind of see they both have their advantages and disadvantages. Mm. However. At the end of this, we think you'll see that one of them might have a little bit more of an advantage. Yeah, and so what we're what we're talking about, I know we mentioned it briefly as we were running through it. We're talking about commercial applications that are in conformance with the UL-263 or ASTM E119 standards. So there's a lot of standards in the fireproofing world, a lot of different things that you can work towards. These are the designs that we're talking about with these solvent water-based or epoxy-based options here. Yeah, and, and just getting back to the, the basics of what you're talking about, we have basically three different environments. 
Uh, I might have touched on it earlier, but we have we have our interior conditioned space, which is going to be a fully enclosed building where you have conditioned uh, atmosphere, not fluctuating humidity, um, and obviously no freezing temperatures. And you have an interior uh, general purpose, which is basically going to eventually be uh, an enclosed interior space, but during construction, it's exposed to the elements for a period up to six months. And then you have your full exterior where the, the life of the coating is exterior. And I think that's important to, to note is that it's, what's it like during the application? Sure, that building might all be closed up when it's done. At least you would hope that the building was all closed up when it's done. But during application, is it all closed up? That's the key. Right. And, and that's where what, what we're talking about with these, um, the advantages that a solvent-based material can bring you is when you get to these, uh, you know, columns up against the exterior glass curtain wall or, uh, you know, an atrium area that it's basically when you're applying the material, it's completely open. If you're trying to use a water-based product for this type of application, you basically have to build a temporary enclosure um, to protect the material from one, getting rained on. In some cases, uh, you know, protecting it against high humidity if you're in, in a high humidity environment. And you have to have uh, basically protect this material for the duration of the application. And we're not just talking about one or two coats. In, in most cases, we could be talking 15, 20 uh, for some two-hour and three-hour ratings, even 25-plus coats to apply these materials. So you're talking about a month of application, and that's just if weather permitting and temperature permitting and all mm -hmm. other things on site going perfectly. So it's a big deal to be able to apply materials in this exposed open frame type construction uh, versus having to have these these temporary enclosures or waiting until the glass curtain walls are up. And really the waiting for the glass curtain walls to be up, then you're talking about a space issue where you can't get to the back side of these columns. You might only have a couple inches, four inches, and you can't get your fan pattern on that other face of that uh, steel. And what do we, you know, with these products, we're talking about aesthetics, right? I and mean, we want them to look good. Mm -hmm. um, and that, so it's defeating the purpose if you have a plowed cornfield on the back side. That's, that's what everybody's seeing from the street well, uh, sure. looking into the building. So, Hey, Paul, it's time for a little self-promotion here. They're letting us out of our cages again. That's my favorite place to be. Out of your cage? Out of my cage. That's true. So we're coming live to you again this year at SSPC Coatings Plus. Okay. We'll be in booth 1,111. That's four ones for you. If you're, one, if you're... one, one, one. Yes. And we're going to bring you live, excellent Carboline Tech Service content. You should look for people like Bernardo Duran coming uh, from the International Zinc Association. Dustin Young is going to be coming to us from SSPC. Kyle Smith from a little company called Carboline. Joe Walker. We can't forget Joe Walker. He's the prez. Yep. All right. And then we got uh, the other prezes, Bill Worms, the executive director of SSPC, and Bob Chalker, the CEO of NACE. Then there's going to be, Jack and I will have a couple of uh, shots that we get in, just of us, being yep. able to talk about some stuff that's on our mind that next week. So we have a really, a lot of exciting content coming to you guys over the next couple of months, and we will be doing them live in the booth. And unlike last year... It's going to be more like the normal Carboline Tech Service podcast. We are going to have these guests, but we are going to talk about topics more than themselves and their company. That's right. Most of these guys we've already talked to about something already. So we're going to be getting specific about a topic that they are an expert with. So we hope to see you there. If you're at Coatings Plus in Long Beach, come by. Give Paul and I a hug or Laker tickets, whatever. It's cool. Thanks for listening to the show. 
and uh, we hope to see you in Long Beach. So let's take a second here. So we, we've kind of talked a little bit about it. So we got solvent and water base. And, and then, like I said, application is, is obviously the key. So let's talk about those specific advantages that solvent borne materials bring you during the time of application. Okay. Uh, so really the number one uh, advantage of solvent-based materials is schedule. When we're selling solvent-based materials, we're selling the schedule improvement that we can offer. You're doing two coats per day at 90 mils wet versus a water base. You're looking at about 45 mils, generally only one coat per day. And the reason why you're only applying one coat a day with water base is because the materials have to be fully dry to support the weight of the next coat. Otherwise, the entire thing could come sliding down on you. And humidity levels right directly affect the the evaporation rate of that water in that product it's something that the solvent based materials never have a problem with because there's not a bunch of solvent sitting in the air preventing it from evaporating yeah Absolutely. because even when you go to a solvent based product although your humidity level in your atmosphere is going to slow it it's not going to stop it but when you're talking about a water based and your your atmosphere is already saturated there's nowhere for it to go i'll never forget painting a house during the middle of a thunderstorm and my project manager being pissed that I couldn't get the second coat on because the first coat wouldn't dry. It was so humid inside this house that I literally watched latex water-based paint stay in the wet state for like two hours. And anybody who knows anything about latex paint knows that it's dry to touch in less than a half hour. Let's be real. I mean, it got to the point where the material was starting to run (laughs) off the walls. And and that's how much of weather can have an effect on water-based materials. Yeah. What are some of the other advantages with the solvent-based material? Okay, so we've kind of maybe already touched on this, but your your open frame construction. Obviously, you know, you're in on the building cycle way early. You have less interference with other trades just getting in there, having the having the room, don't having having the glass curtain walls or, or other walls up around where you can get in early, apply this material. Get a, get a nice, consistent finish on there, and then have the other trades come in behind. So that's that's also another big factor. Another thing is being able to apply solvent-based products. You can go all the way down to 40 degrees F with these materials. I believe on our data sheet, we quote 41 and rising. And just, okay. just from a you know, safety, just to make sure we're not hitting the, the bottom ragged edge there. But heating a, a workspace environment on one of these projects, you know, a water-based product, you can't go below 50. So just the difference in cost... And, and time it takes to heat something and maintain 50 degrees versus maintain 40 degrees is huge. Also, like we, we'd already talked about, but high humidity, any climate, even, I mean, St. Louis is a perfect example. You know, we have extremely humid summers. You know, if you have this high humidity, the water-based products just can't properly dry and you can't get the production that you, that you can with the solvent-based material. The other thing is, it's you're talking about a high-build application. So like I, I touched on, we're, we're applying 90 mils per day. So really, we're essentially able to cut our application man days in half. Uh, well, sure. Solvent-based product because you're getting multiple coats. Your your coats are thicker. That solvent doesn't take as long to evaporate. Obviously, I keep talking about evaporation, but that's the cure vehicle for these coatings, and and those all have effects on the coating. So let's give a full picture. What are some of the disadvantages to using some of the solvent-based material? One of the downsides is obviously you have to have ventilation. If you're in an enclosed area, you'll have to either you know use fans, some type of way to to uh, exchange air through that area. 
We typically say four air exchanges per hour, but we're looking at some means of venting that, you know, you have, you have solvent fumes, you have to vent those out of the area. It needs to, at minimum, be under roof. I, I think people can get carried away with saying, okay, solvent-based materials can just be exposed to weather and, and everything. You still have some limitations that I, I would say it has to be at minimum under roof and watertight. Another thing is it can't be exposed to freeze-thaw temperatures. All of these products uh, that we're talking about, interior products, they're interior rated, so they can't be exposed to repeated freeze-thaw cycles. True, but they can handle some weather, the, yes. the solvent-based yeah. materials, like we said. But the key with if they get wet, and I probably it, should let Paul do this because he said it a couple of times. It's the general philosophy when you're painting something. It always has to be clean, dry, and dull to get the best performance. And that second This word, is no different. Dry is important. And keep in mind that when you take a thicker material, like a solvent-based intumescent or a water-based intumescent, well, first off, if the, the rain or something hits water into base intumescent, yeah. you no longer have intumescent. Second, right. the solvent base, you know, that think about the type of texture that you have there. It's going to hold some water on the surface, even right, deceptively a, so. There's a lot of nooks and crannies in it that it's not smooth like you would think of, you know, like steel stainless steel smooth or a polished surface yeah. smooth it's got some texture and porosity to the surface yeah. of it and, and for the most part you know there are exceptions you know you you know it all's out there saying well what about moisture cured zincs and and what about phenalkamine epoxies those are true but i'm not talking about a moisture cured zinc intumescent or a phenalkamine intumescent no, and i would argue still a phenalkamine even one that is moisture tolerant surface tolerant you can put it on sweating pipes if you put it onto a clean more well-prepared, dry surface, you will get a better long-term performance. Absolutely. That's why we call it marginal. Correct. And if you encapsulate some water in between coats... That's a whole different monster that now you have to deal with. That water's going to come out. Yep. So now we've kind of given you some advantages, disadvantages of solvent base. And I feel like as we've gone along, we've covered pretty much the disadvantages of water-based. Mm. I don't know that we need to beat up water-based very much anymore. No, because it does have some advantages Yeah, to it. so let's talk a little bit about the advantages of water-based intumescent. Yeah, I mean, you know, just, just touching one more time on the, on the other end, we talked about weather exposure. I mean, all of these products have some degree of weather resistance, but the thing that happens with a water-based product, that's what we're talking about with these temporary enclosures and having to protect it during application. If it gets rained on or it gets water or any 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 issue like that with moisture, it's going to wash it away. Solvent-based materials will be able to resist that, obviously, to a certain degree. Sure. But with water, you're talking about low odor just smells similar to a to a water-based latex uh, type paint you're gonna have less interference obviously with other trades you're uh, not gonna be upset the same kind of yeah thought, yeah right? you're also gonna have obviously you're cleaning up with water so you're not using you know mek or something like that xylene toluene something like that to clean mm -hmm. you're using water cleanup and obviously they'll they will have a lower voc but i, I just want to touch on the fact that both solvent-based and water-based products 
all meet the requirements of LEED V4. The ones that Carboline sell. All Yes. Um, and we would say that all of our products have gone through all the requirements for VOC emissions testing and all the, uh, dec- we have declared labels for all of our products. So even a solvent-based material still meets the VOC requirements for fireproofing for LEED V4. Because we've talked about this before. VOCs doesn't mean it doesn't stink. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. So you can meet VOC requirements and still put off odor. I, I admit, I am probably the most gun shy person on the face of the planet for calling something low odor and it goes back I'm gonna hearken on the life that I already talked about once as a house painter you would be amazed it's kind of how you separate a painter we all say the water-based stuff's low odor you're a paint right like you've been around the paint there are people in this world who do not think water-based paint is low odor because it is it has an odor it does have an odor but it's not you know us in the paint world see it as a not not an offensive odor yeah and that's where we get we get held up. But in the true meaning that is all paint worlds, it, it does count as low odor. I've yep. just I've been personally abused too many times by <laughs> a homeowner. So I think that really covers a lot of the advantages and disadvantages. Keep in mind for all of these products, there has to be testing to certify them to the proper thicknesses for the proper ratings. So for every one of these products that we talk about, and it's kind of why it's nice to have the advantages that we we have, is no one building or structure has universally like all I-beams or all tubes or columns or whatever. Because at the end of the day, what's important is the fire protection and the rating. So we need to deliver that two, three, one hour rating however we can to meet the needs that are so variable within a job. That's right. And we are talking about life safety systems here. Yes. And we're doing it to help protect the people who might be in that environment, which is why we rely on professionals like Sean, the rest of the fireproofing team, fireproofing that team that we have in tech service. We have them in the field. We have them in sales. They're there to help with making those decisions and getting through all of the different options that are there to help make sure that it's the best one for your project. So I think with that, Sean, thank you very much for coming in. We have some more topics for you down the road. We actually just got a suggestion this week. So look for it coming up sometime in the next calendar year. Well, great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Anytime. I appreciate <laughs> and, it. And we're going to go from here. And uh, we look forward to seeing, you know, this episode will come out Monday morning, uh, February 3rd. And we look forward to seeing all of you that we will see this week at SSPC in Long Beach. For Paul, I'm Jack. We're just going to get out of here. Bye. And so... For the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like to thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in Carboline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carboline, but they say Carboline.